Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Whitney. I actually am one of the teaching pastors here at Connect. And um, I actually, believe it or not, I am actually in my upper 30s. I am getting to that 40-year-old stage in my life. I know, it's shocking. Um, and the more and more as years go by, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this, I, um, I'm learning more about myself. I, I'm understanding who I am. And I have always been told when you're in your 20s, you actually just obsess with about what other people are thinking about you. You are constantly obsessing, what are others thinking? Are others talking about me? What are they saying about me? And then, this is what I'm really excited about. I've heard in your 40s, you stop caring. I, I hope this is true. In your 40s, you just don't care what people are thinking about you. You just don't care if people are talking about you. And then, I've heard in your 60s, you learned that no one even cared about you in the very first place. No one was talking about you. No one was even thinking about you. No one cared. But like I said, I'm getting to my upper 30s and, and I'm learning more and more about myself as I get older. Um, I'm learning what I like, what I don't like. I'm learning all about my strengths, all about my weaknesses. And I'm learning what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. So I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. So um, a couple things, I am not good at math. I'm not good at math. I never have been. I am not good at math. Our um, second grader, um, he brings home math homework like every single night. And he says, mom, can you help me with my math homework? And I very politely tell him, no, son, I will not help you with your math homework because I don't understand your second grade math homework. Now, luckily, um, my husband, his dad, he is really good at math. So he gets to help with the homework every single week. Um, but I'm not good, um, I wasn't good at the old math, and now there's this new math, okay? So I don't understand the new math when I really didn't even understand the old math. Um, and it's crazy because you get the same answer as that you got with the old math. So I don't really understand why they had to bring a new math in. Um, and there's this comedian, he says it like this. Um, Let's say you come to my front door one day, okay? You come to my front door, I answer the door and you say, hey, can I come in? And I say, sure, you can come in, but I need you to come through the back door. Um, I need you to go all around the house, jump the fence, get past the dog, come up the stairs, and then come in the house that way. And they're like, okay, is something wrong with the front door? And I said, no, front door works just fine. In fact, most people use it, um, but I'm gonna need you to go a much longer way. It's the same thing with new math. It just does not make sense. So I don't do math. Um, I don't cook. I'm not good at cooking. Yes, I see you, fellow non-cookers in the house. Um, I've never really wanted to cook, so I'm at the stage where I'm like, it's, it is what it is. Um, whenever we have a get-together with our friends, there's always a text mes message thread of, what is everybody baking? What is everybody bringing? And my friends know that I will just run to Lindy's on my way, pick up something from the bakery, and, and I'll take it. We actually had a get together not long ago, and my friend, she knows me all too well. We're in this, this text message thread of what everybody's bringing, and she messages me on the side separately and said, hey, can you just bring the sour cream? And I appreciated that message. And I was like, absolutely. I will bring the sour cream. In fact, I even brought, I think, a giant one. So hopefully you're still using it. Um, you're welcome. 
Um, and then the last thing I am not good at, which I'm gonna tell you, I'm working on this, okay? Because I don't wanna not be good at this. I'm working on this. I'm not always good at answering text messages back. So I'm sure there's some people out here that are waiting from a, a t- for a text message back from me. So if, if this is what you can do, my husband and I do this all the time. If you can just send me like an emoji wave, like, hey, still here, still waiting for a message. I will know, oh, I need to message you back. But um, that is something I'm truly working on. I'm not gonna give excuses as to why I'm not good at that, um, but I am working on that. And um, I can give excuses to all of these things, right? As to why. And we are gonna learn here as we continue on in the life of Moses, Moses that he was full of excuses. He was full of excuses. And, and here's the thing, we are gonna learn that Moses was called to do something by God and, and he gave excuses. And when we are called to do something in our lives, we truly can give one of two answers. We can say, yes, yes, Lord, here I am. Yes, Lord, I will go. Yes, Lord, just tell me what to do and I will do it. Or we can say, no. No, I won't. No, I can't. No, I shouldn't. And normally when we say no, it leaves, it it gives, we give a lot of excuses along the way. And thank, I'm so thankful that we have this story of Moses that we can look at each week. We can look at the, the story of Moses and we can relate to Moses in so many different ways. And, and here's the thing, um, if we started this series at the end of Moses' life, I don't know if we could relate as much. We would think, okay, that's awesome that Moses did this. He must be like this superhuman, but that's not me. I, I can't do that. But luckily for us, we started at the beginning and we've seen the past couple weeks that Moses is just human like you and I. He's full of insecurities and he's full of excuses like you and I. And he's even made some really bad choices as we saw in last week. But God wants to take us on this journey just as he did with Moses. And and if you were here last week, we were left on a crazy cliffhanger, right? Dave, literally, he was getting to like the climax part of Moses and we were all on the edge of our seats thinking, what is gonna happen next? And then he says, to be continued. So I know you guys have had a really hard week and I know you guys have been struggling thinking, what is he gonna say next? What is gonna happen with Moses? And um, I'm so glad that you returned so you can hear what is next in the life of Moses. But if you weren't here these past couple weeks, I wanna give you a recap, okay? A very quick, short recap. So what we have learned is during the time that Moses was born, The king of Egypt, he um, had this law that he made this rule that basically any Hebrew baby boy must be found and must be killed. So Moses, again, was born at this time and he wanted different, Moses' mother wanted a different um, outcome for Moses. She did not want this to happen to her baby boy. So with lots of courage and, and lots of faith, she put Moses in this basket, She put Moses in this basket and and put him down the Nile River, hoping and praying that God would take care of her baby boy. And, And luckily, there was a twist of faith. 
the Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and actually raised him as if he was her own. So he grew up living this dream life in the Pharaoh's palace. And, but as he got older, he started to see things that he didn't like. He started to notice things that didn't sit well with him. There was one day there was an Egyptian and, and he was um, hurting one of his brothers, his Hebrew brothers. And, and Moses, out of his emotion, he went after this Egyptian and he actually killed him and then buried him. But then later that night, he, he went to bed and thinking, okay, this must be the, the plan that God has for me. This is a good thing. God wants me to free my Hebrew people. This is the plan that God has for my life. But he actually woke up the next morning and everybody had heard what Moses had done. And they were not happy. And even the Pharaoh himself heard what Moses did and, and he actually was going after Moses and trying to kill him. So Moses had no choice but to, to flee, to run away. He goes to this place called Midian and actually he becomes a shepherd. He leaves his old life behind. He, he becomes a shepherd. He actually gets married and he starts to have a family of his own. And actually what we learned last week was at that time, when Moses was living in Egypt, he, he was equipped to do great things. On paper, it was perfect. He had the training. He, he had all, everything he needed to live out a great life. But what we also learned is his heart was not in the right place. His heart was not in the right place, and timing was everything for Moses. So this is where we start today. Moses now is actually 80 years old. 40 years have passed and, and God actually appears to him. And we're gonna start in Exodus here, um, in Exodus three, verse two. And it says this, there the angel of the Lord appear, appeared to him in flames of fire from within a burning bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, well, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush and he says, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, and take off your shoes for the place where you were standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And it goes on to verse seven, it says this, then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out, up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the Lord of the Israelites has reached me. I'm sorry, now the cry of the Israelites have reached me. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. This is what God says. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, 40 years ago, the Moses 40 years ago would have understood the assignment. He would have gone, no question asked, and he would have been prepared with the tools he needed to do so. 
However, again, what we learned from last week, that didn't matter. The Moses on paper didn't matter. What mattered was his heart and how his heart was. If he would have been called 40 years ago, it would have been on his own strength. He would have gone, he would have said yes, but it would have been on his own strength, his own capabilities. He wouldn't have needed God. But now Moses has been so far away from the presence of God. He's been so far away from even thinking about the purpose that God has on his life. Now he knows that I I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. Now he has to rely on God. Now he needs God. And now Moses is left with just his feelings of failure and all of his excuses. And maybe someone is sitting here this morning and you think, you know what? I feel like God had a call on my life years ago. I feel like God had a purpose for me at one point in my life, but I feel like life has just set in. I feel like too much has happened. Life has changed. I don't know if God has that on my life anymore. Did I miss the opportunity? Do I still have a purpose? And you've come to the conclusion, well, surely God will just use somebody else because he can't use me anymore. There was a group of Connect Women this past Tuesday and and we actually sat in this room and we listened to uh, this woman's story. And she actually, she's a missionary and she lives um, way across the world right now. I think she lives in Thailand. And um, she kind of talks about this. She talked about when she was a, a little girl that she had this plan for her life. She had it all mapped out. She was going to get married to a strong believer and they were gonna you know, spread the good news all over the world together. She dreamed and had this picture in her head that she would have children of her own and maybe even adopt a kid or two. And as a family, they would be like that picture perfect family that anybody can look at and say, that's what I wanna be. That's that Christian family I wanna be. And they would just travel the world together and just be missionaries together. And in fact, she, she goes on to say that this did happen. Everything that she had dreamed about, it actually happened. She did get married to a, a God-loving man. She did have children of her own. In fact, they even adopted a child together. And they were from the outside that picture, perfect family. But she goes on to say that life changed. There, there was a wrench that was put in this situation. And in fact, um, her adopted child lost his life. Her, her man, her husband that she really thought was this God-fearing person and, and loved Jesus and could do no wrong actually betrayed her in the worst way possible. And she was left thinking, God, you had a plan for me. And, and I, thought, I thought we were doing this, but this wasn't supposed to happen. Now what? You had a purpose for me, but now what? Now everything is different. Everything has changed. And this is where Moses is right now. This is where Moses is right now. And when God speaks to Moses, Moses doesn't say, I remember 40 years ago when you put these things on my heart, so I am ready. I've been waiting for you. What Moses does instead is he gives excuses. 
And his excuses are filled with a lot of words that sound like I, I, me, how can I, I shouldn't, I can't. And there's a general rule here, and that is excuses usually come when we are focused on ourselves. We normally give excuses when we are focused on ourselves, nobody else but ourselves. And if we only look at ourselves, our capabilities, our resources, our capacity, sure, we can give every reason not to say yes to something. I can't do this. I shouldn't do this. I don't, I don't have the training. I don't have the capabilities, whatever that looks like. On the other hand, if we're not looking at ourselves, if we aren't being selfish and giving excuses about ourselves, and we truly understand the power in our lives that God gives us, and if we truly understand that we can do things with God that we could never do on our own, and we trust the plan that God has for us and we walk by faith, we will find a way through every obstacle that is put in our way rather than giving an excuse. So I know for me, I, I give excuses a lot. I think we all do. And I think there's four separate excuses that, that Moses gives here in chapter three and chapter four that I think a lot of us give the same excuses. So the first excuse that um, Moses gives to God, he says this, he says, listen, I don't have all the answers. Excuse number one that we give is I don't have all the answers. And this is exactly what Moses says. He says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? What shall I tell him? Moses is saying, well, if I go there and I, you know, I tell them, you know, I, I'm sent to you for this reason. And he, they're like, well, who sent you? What, what do you want me to say, God? I don't know what to say. I don't have all the answers. And I think a lot of us use this excuse all the time. And a lot of us use this excuse when it comes to church or maybe even our spiritual life. We say, well, I can't witness to my neighbor what if they ask me questions? I don't, I don't know how to answer them. I can't join a small group on a Wednesday. I can't lead a small group on a Wednesday night. I don't know all the Bible stories. I can't be responsible for someone else's spiritual growth. I have no business leading. And many believers, we use this excuse all the time. And we say, well, you know what? I wouldn't know what to say. So then we in turn say nothing at all. But God is a God that will give us the right answers when we need them at the right time. And the issue is we don't have to know it all, but we do need to know the one that does. And if God is with us, he will surely help us. So this is how God responds to Moses. God says to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you to me. The fact that God is with you means you don't need to have all the answers. Now, don't get me wrong. Knowing all the things, having the answers, it is great. I encourage you to learn and read and grow. And, and Dave, this is why he's so good to our staff because he pushes us to do just that. 
He doesn't want us to just be stable of where we're at. He's always pushing the staff and, and our leaders to, to learn more, to educate ourselves, to grow, to, to read things, to listen to things, to be moldable. And he, encourage us, he encourages us to have a mentor as well as mentor others. So having the answers is a good thing, but I don't want you to be held back when you don't know it all. God is saying, listen, the fact that I am with you will make up for the knowledge that you don't have with inside of you. Don't let your lack of knowledge hold you back. And I always say, I believe that experience sometimes trumps knowledge a little bit. Speak from experience. If you're talking to, you know, a neighbor or a small group or a friend, speak from experience. Speak about what God has done in your life. Speak about what God has done in your family, the changes that you have seen. Speak from that. The second excuse is, after I don't have all the answers, the second excuse is that, that Moses uses, that we use as well is, what if they don't believe me? What if I go and I say all these things and they still don't believe me? He says this, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Moses is like, what do you want me to say then? I got nothing. And God, being who God is, said, oh, really? You don't think they'll believe you? Or, let me tell you how much they are gonna believe you. So he tells Moses to do a couple things. He, um, he asks, hey, Moses, what's, what's in your hand? And Moses is carrying his staff and he said, throw that staff on the ground. So Moses throws his staff on the ground and actually turns into a snake. And Moses was so fearful of the snake, he actually ran away. And, and the next thing God says is, okay, now go ahead and, and pick that snake up by its tail. So Moses does that and it actually turns back into a staff. And Moses is like, see what I did there with a single stick of wood and you don't think I can work through you? But then God says, okay, if that doesn't work, I got more. I got more at my sleeve. I got more. So God asks Moses, put your um, hand in your cloak. So Moses puts his hand in his cloak. God asks him to take it out. He takes it out and his hand is full of leprosy. Then God says, put it back in and take it out. And he does, and then it's cleared. And God's like, now they'll believe you, right? Like I've given you two sure things. They will know, they will believe you. But of course, Moses keeps giving excuses. And God's like, okay, I got one more for you, but this is it. He said, if for some reason that doesn't work, go ahead and get water out of the Nile, pour it on dry ground and it will turn to blood. There's no way they won't believe you then. And instead of saying, God, you are so good. You are a miracle worker. Moses gives more excuses. The third excuse Moses gives that in turn we give a lot to is I don't have what it takes. I just don't have what it takes. Moses says this to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow in speech and tongue. This is another excuse that he gives to God. And most theologians actually think that Moses has a stutter. 
So Moses is basically saying, listen, I struggle getting a word out, let alone a sentence, and you want me to go and, and speak to these Egyptians? I can't. I, I don't speak well. I'm not eloquent, Moses says. And look how God responds to Moses. He says this, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. It's hard not to read this passage and not feel a little annoyance from God, a, a little frustration. It almost seems like God's like, listen, Moses, dude, like what else do you need from me? He's saying, listen, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you speak. I'm gonna help you what to say. I just need you to go. And a lot of times, a lot of times you and I, we don't serve God. We don't say yes to God because we are looking at our shortcomings, our disabilities, things that are wrong with us. But God says, go. He says, no, you are not capable, but I am. He says, you do have shortcomings, but I don't. I will take care of you. And the fourth and final excuse that Moses gives that we in turn give as well is others are just more qualified. Others are just more qualified. Moses says this, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. After all of this back and forth and everything that God is trying to do to get Moses to understand, Moses says, God, just send someone else. Surely there's someone else that can do a better job than I can. Has anybody ever said that? There's someone more equipped, more than I am. Maybe you've said yes to something before. You've said yes unwillingly, or maybe you stepped out in faith and you said yes, and, and you're sitting there and the person sitting next to you actually has a doctorate in what you're doing. And you're thinking, what did I just say yes to? I am really over my head. Or maybe you've led a group and someone in your group is more well-versed in scripture than you are. And you think, what have I, why did I say yes to this? I can't teach them. They should be teaching them. This one's really personal to me. And I feel like for the longest time, I use this excuse all the time. Send someone else, hire someone else, take someone else. When I was called into ministry years ago, um, it was really confusing for me because I never saw myself in ministry. I never pictured it. I never wanted it. Um, it was just not even a thought to me. However, I could not deny the prompting that God had in my life. I couldn't deny it. I know it was from God. So I had to take a leap of faith and I had to say yes but there were so many times where I felt less than, I felt not equipped, I felt less qualified. And there's times, sometimes I still struggle with this today. There's that saying that um, God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. And this is all over Moses's life in this story right here. God is seeing Moses for who he is, for what he's done, for his shortcomings, for his bad decisions. And, and maybe he was equipped in the past, but he's not equipped now. And God's, listen, God's saying, listen, I'm gonna equip you along the way. I'm picking you because you are imperfect and you do have issues, right? And I will equip you along the way. 
Because here's the thing, there are people that are gonna be stronger than you. There are people that are gonna be smarter than you. There are gonna be people that communicate better than you do. But here's the thing, if we were the best of the best of everything, we wouldn't need God. And this is where Moses is finding himself right now because years ago, he wouldn't have asked God for help, but now he only needs God. Now, after all these excuses that we see from Moses and the excuses that we use for ourselves, there comes a point where excuses become rebellion. There comes a point where excuses actually become rebellion. We say, God, I don't really think you know what's best for me. When we say no to God or we give our excuses, we're saying, God, I disagree with you. We say, God, I don't think you can do or I don't think I, I, sorry, excuse me. I don't think you understand what I can do. I don't think you really understand my capabilities. In fact, I think I know myself better than you know me. It becomes rebellion. We say, God, I don't think your power is enough to overcome my deficiencies. We say, God, I don't believe what you say can happen can actually happen. And sometimes we get so caught up in our feelings that we lose sight of the power of God and actually what he can do through us. It says, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. The Lord's anger burned against Moses. This back and forth between Moses and God, it's starting to make God angry. All these excuses, God is getting angry. This, this rebellion from Moses is making God upset. So then the Lord says this, he says, listen, I'm gonna end up sending your brother Aaron, okay? And he's gonna speak for you. He's gonna be the voice, but I'm actually going to, to give you guys the words and I'm gonna teach you and I'm gonna be with you the whole entire way. So after all of this conversation between Moses and between God, Moses then does go back to Egypt and he goes back to see if his people are still alive. And this is a be continued, dot, dot, dot. I know we're all on the edge of our seats is what is gonna happen with Moses next. But I wanna leave here with this couple thoughts. As we continue the, the life of Moses, we will see that this moment, this conversation is a turning point in Moses' life. Moses still has a lot of issues. Moses is not perfect. And we will continue to see that along the way. But this is a turning point for Moses' life. Moses is going to lay his excuses down and, and he's gonna start relying on the one that he needs. And he will then in turn gain so much power and so much wisdom and so much strength because he laid his excuses down. We will see Moses grow in confidence. And I believe, I believe the same God that spoke through the burning bush, the same God that spoke to Moses is still speaking today. And I believe and I hope that um, he's speaking through this series of Moses. I pray that he's maybe speaking through this message of, listen, I wanna make sure your heart is right. But God's saying, but I also want you to know that I do have a plan and I do have a purpose for your life. 
And I wanna challenge you to listen to that prompting of the Holy Spirit and maybe rekindle something. Maybe rekindle something that was put on your heart years ago. And maybe you think it's been too long. Maybe you think it can't happen now. But I pray that you just open up to that rekindling of, okay, Moses, where do you wanna send me? Because my answer is yes. And just because something hasn't happened yet, I wanna remind you that your story is not over. Just like we've seen in this series so far, Moses' story is far from being over. And I believe when you begin to lay your excuses down and you start saying yes to God, I truly believe you will start seeing God work in your life that you have never seen before. And I believe that the God that led the generation in Moses' time is still leading today, but we have got to lay our excuses down because just like I said, at some point it becomes rebellion. So we gotta lay our excuses down. And instead of answering, no, I can't, no, I won't, we gotta say yes. Just tell me where to go and I'll go. Let's pray. Lord, just thank you so much for this series of Moses. Thank you for teaching us through this this imperfect person who's made poor choices, who has not done the right thing, but God, you're still using him. And I pray that this series and this message speaks to someone today thinking, Lord, I am just gone too far. I've just messed up. I don't think you can use me, Lord. And I know you're here to say that you can, Lord. You have a plan and a purpose for every single person in this life, in this room today, and in this community. Lord, I just pray that you place that on each individual's heart and you just um, just work through them. Just give them the steps that they need to walk in faith and to trust you and to lay their own strengths down and their own excuses down. We love you so much and we thank you for who you are and what you've done, amen.